I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Ask OTC, the show where we answer all your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm David Cartledge. This is from Jack. The new Champions League format can't provide this much excitement, surely, uh, David. I just look. I'm going to sound really old here and whatever you like that, but uh, I don't like change. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look, sound ancient. Look, yeah. Look at the <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all a you know a plan to get more football, to get more teams involved, and what have you like that. I don't think we necessarily need it. I think if we look, I was going to say over the uh, over the summer, but Jesus Christ, it went on for for you know a long, long time. You look at the Rugby World Cup, and you look at the complaints that people who are really I'm mean, a rugby fan, but I noticed from a lot of people who are who follow rugby that the complaint was just how long it went on, and it was just too extended. It was there was too much of it, um, and this is the problem I think we're going to have with the Champions League. I think we're going to we're going to get saturated. Well, it's a kind of problem that the World Cup is um, <laughs> facing as well because that's being expanded, as you know. Andy, do you like change or are you a Luddite? Um, I am not a Luddite, but uh, there's a difference between change to improve something and change for reasons that are not sporting reasons. It has not been changed for sporting reasons. This isn't about sport. This is about business and business likes surety. And I, I, th- I think it's a great shame. And I think for that reason, this last match day of the Champions League, where we're going to have these thrilling ties like the ones we discussed in OTC, um, the, the ones between um, Dortmund and PSG and Newcastle and Milan, Cop- uh, Copenhagen, Galatasaray, we've just got to savour those because we're not going to get them again, at least not until a bit of sanity comes back to the proceedings and that could be another generation. These are the changes, for those who don't know, from next season there'll be 36 teams um, who will compete in one single league format. Every team will play eight matches with the top eight skipping the first knockout round and the next 16 competing in the first knockout round. There's got to be some positive in that. You know, you can't say that that's all bad. For example, expanding the Champions League gives more opportunity, or at least you would have thought so. All right, okay. I mean, look, that's how you that, that's how you can look at it and go, oh, okay, great. And more teams are going to get more clubs. Sorry, they're going to get um, a chance to you know go far. But come on, we know the way that money works in Europe with the big clubs. You know, they <laughs> they're going to take the lion's share. They take the lion's share, but they're going to dominate anywhere. It's a, you know what I mean. There's there's not any positive from this for me. Like really, I'm so downbeat on this. It's unbelievable and. Everything nowadays in football is done purely through financial reasons. It's there's a super league good... by stealth. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no genuine sentiment here. I don't think that there's nothing involved there. I know it, it, they're using it as a guise. Oh, it'll give you know, 
uh, smaller clubs, minnows, a, a chance and what have you. No, it won't because we know all the money is very much saturated at the top. Big, big clubs, the elite clubs stay elite. And the gap is just huge to try and even get there. Yeah, I just, I, I don't see any positive from this at all. This question from John Grosso has got the boot at Lyon already, Andy, after the 1-0 at Rennes the other week. I thought they were turning a corner. What happened? And who's next? Uh, I, I didn't think they were turning a corner, <laughs> not, for, not for a single second. <laughs> um, they did get that first win of the season at Rennes, their only win of the season, a win they got against a very out-of-form, albeit talented side, who played for 85 minutes with 10 men, and they still struggled to score in that, which has been one of Leon's main problems. The, the two main problems... Um, which neither of which are particularly Fabio Grosso's fault uh, with the fact that um, they didn't look fit enough. Um, they've done less running than any other team in, in Ligue 1 and they never looked like scoring, which are, are two huge problems. Now, they've clearly got the players to do that, certainly to do better than they than they have been doing, although the, the recruitment has not been particularly great, I, I think. And the fact that um, Jake O'Brien, who scored the goal in that game against Rennes, um, has been playing regularly tells you something. He's a player of promise, but you know, ideally, he wouldn't be in the first team right now. It just says um, how bare the cupboard has, has, has been over the, the, the last little while. Um, but Grosso can only take responsibility for what he's been in charge of, and what he's been in charge of is a bad team that has got worse. He has changed constantly. Uh, he's changed uh, the. Lineups. He's changed the tactics, not only from game to game, but during the game uh, several times. And in a team that's trying to get away from the bottom, you need some sort of stability. And they've had nothing near that. So not only has he alienated the best players who can get Leon out of this situation, like uh, Alex Lacazette, who's a club legend, like, like Ryan Shirky, who both did very well last season and were excellent in the team that... Um, in terms of results, were third best in the second half of the last um, half of last season. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's the fact that players need to know what they're doing, and if things are changed, like a kid who's eaten a bag of Haribo playing football manager three times during a game, how are you meant to have a grip on on what you're doing? What happened to Fabio Grosso in the, in the bus attack at Marseille was awful. And I have every sympathy for him. Um, and in fairness, he's, he's, he's never tried to milk that. He, he never said it was a, about him. But the fact is, as a coach, he, he hasn't been anywhere near good enough. Um, there, there's an obvious choice for, for, for the next coach. It's Bruno Genesio. They should just bring him back. He's, he's recently been binned by Ren after that game. So ultimately, Leon might have helped themselves by pushing Genesio over the edge um, and arranging a situation where they could get him back because he was really underrated when he was there. He um, was in charge of the academy before he was in charge of the first team. So he's got the respect of Lacazette, Tolisso, all those big players, big personalities that he brought through, uh, Anto Lopez, that, that, they all really respect him. And he plays good football, but good football is for later down the line. They just need to win some games for the moment. Uh, this is from David. Alexandra Jonsson, speaking recently on OTC, was talking about how in Sweden they refuse to accept VAR because fan ownership is still enforced there and they don't want it. Do you think 
it might be the right way to go for a smaller country? Are they sacrificing quality for some kind of authenticity? And there's a related question from James. Has any country found a good way to use VAR? Yeah, I mean, I'll answer the first part of that. Um, yeah, they potentially are sacrificing and quality having you know a higher level of a league um but ultimately football is the game of the fans um and i guarantee most fans would give up um you know having that quality if they if it meant that their clubs that their leagues stayed closer to them weren't taken away weren't ripped away as we've seen i think with most major leagues most major clubs fans feeling distant from them at odds with them, not recognising them, I think, in many ways. Um, and on the second part of that, if there is, I've never heard of it. I've not, I've, I've not heard of a country what's having success with VAR. I've not heard of anyone who, who's, you know, on a, on a wide scale like that, having success with it. I know it's, I mean, I follow, I'd probably say I follow Spain closest um, outside of the Premier League and what have you, and it's been a disaster there. I still don't think they know how to execute it properly. It's still majorly controversial there. Andy, you follow the leagues all over the place. Has any country found a good way to use VAR? I think what we have to realise is that different countries need different things from from VAR. So uh, I think when when you look at, say, Italy and Portugal, transparency is is, is very important, um, where they've had refereeing-based scandals before. The fact that it takes a long time and removes spontaneity from the game to a certain extent. That that is far more of a concern in in England than than it, than it is there in um, in, in Italy and, and and Portugal, for example. So not only will it be used in different ways, but it provides a different need. So I, th- I think you can see as as Alex was describing, Sweden just doesn't feel like it culturally needs it. Now the game and the fans are, are, are different, of course. As she said, you know, um, the authorities in the in, in the game would would really love that to to, to happen. Um, but you know, I, I think it is it is a, a new thing to the game, so it's 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 gonna it's gonna take a while. Personally, as I've always said, I would have preferred it not to happen in the first place. I, I think um, what has been the the biggest concern is the fact that it's gone so far from clear and obvious. And we're talking about this this week, IFAB discussing whether it should have a wider remit. It's taken a wider remit, really against the rules and against the, the principles of it, it coming through. And that's that's the biggest problem. But in terms of people saying, you know, it should be standardised, etc. That's a great idea. But culturally, football is slightly different in different countries. So that just doesn't work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This from Gotham. Uh, Paul Mitchell has been linked with the sporting director job at Man United. How has he done at Monaco? And what have been his significant successes and failures during his time there? Is his role limited to just signings or does he exert any influence on the style and direction of the club? Well, Gautam, the two things um, relate to each other. I I, I think the, the, the signings are dictated by the, the style and direction that the club wants to take. Now, what Paul Mitchell did is um, he took over in a, a, a spell at Monaco that, where they were experiencing a bit of drift in terms of, of, of their mission, which is, is mainly bringing through young players still and developing young players. So whether those are players that come through the, the academy, uh, like Kylian Mbappe, or whether they're signings who who they want to develop as young players going into in, into their twenties, like Bernardo Silva or Timur Bakayoko or, or or players like that. Um, so th- th- they had fallen away a little bit from that, and I, I think Paul Mitchell did a really good job in terms of um, getting them to a point where they were developing young players again. That they were getting signings that work. Now, I, th- I think when you have um, someone who's got a great scouting network, um, both in terms of um, youth for the academy and in terms of signing players, I think it really shows by what happens on the pitch. And everything they've done on the pitch has been really joined up. They have m- many more signings that work than don't Monaco, um, uh, which I, th- I think is, is is pretty impressive. They've still got... Lots of quality young players coming through now. Um, when players go, they manage to replace them pretty well. And when Paul Mitchell knew he was going and he wanted to designate a successor, he, he found that successor and there was a relatively comfortable handover. And they've, they've, they've done okay at the start of this season with a new sporting director and a, and a new coach. I think you could argue that the last, if we're talking about failures, that the, the last coaching appointment was... At best, a qualified success. Uh, Philippe Clement did okay in his first season, and after they failed to make the Champions League, um, it all went a little bit south from there. I, I think part of that was due to the fact that you know Mitchell knew he was going, so maybe there was no sort of steady hand on the till to to take that situation in hand. And Monaco ended last season really, really badly. But I think he's left the club in a much better situation than he picked it up in. I think what's most impressed me with Mitchell. From what I understand, I think when we think of a sporting director, we think of somebody who just uh, watches a lot of football, says he might be a good player, he'll fit what we're doing. Uh, let's bring him in. And I think a lot of people I do have. Do uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think a lot of people do have that very basic, you know, uh, almost logical view of it. Um, Mitchell, it seems, his reach goes far beyond that. Um, I know he's had heavy influence in terms of the sports science, player care at Monaco, identifying specific training regimes and what have you for individual players so he's he's looked to create 
the link there between you know the sports department that he has built and the coaching staff as well. And I think that's really important. A lot of joined up thinking, I think, there. Um, and players do relate to that. They 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 like that. They want they want they want structure. Um, and I think that's something that he has been especially oppressive um, in doing outside of the actual transfer. I mean, we can, you know, there's there's multiple names that we can uh, reel off of, of transfers that he's done, you know, going back to when he had his, uh, when he had his fingerprints on things at Southampton and what have you. Um, and even, I know, going back as well, he was at uh, MK Dons as well, if you're really going far back. Um, he retired when he was 27, of course. So he is somebody, I think, I, that... It, it, it's understandable why he's so sought after, I think, by by major clubs and why I think he'd probably be ideal for Manning Ayad. This is from Sir C.W. If given enough time, and that's a big if, can Carol Gerrards turn things around at Schalke? I guess the, the question is, Dotton, less can Carol Gerrards turn it around and can anyone turn it around, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know you can look at Schalke and say, you know, they've been successful in Europe relatively recently. So it's, it's, it's quite a fall from grace. And I think so a club like Leon can look at them and think, bloody hell, let's get a grip or we could become them in, in, in a couple of years. Uh, because look, Schalke were unlucky to go down. Um, the, the back in the last season, that, that, that they were really good. Uh, Thomas Rice did a, a really good job. Um, but now they've, gone down they've fallen back into that old trap of not managing the club as as as, as well um i mean I, I wonder what a difference it would have had on the club i think it would have had a, a big difference on the club if they'd have managed to stay up at the at the, at the end of last season um look they've they've been through good coaches before and since so it's a structural problem at the club um that they do have financial restraints. They do have an extraordinary weight of expectation because they're such a big club. And, you know, you're talking about in terms of bums on seats, they're what, the sixth best attended club in, in Europe, something like that. It's absolutely huge. And that does carry a sense of not we should win everything, but a sense of, you know, let's at least play a brand of football and have a certain level of success. Um, and I think that's 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 quite difficult. You know, there there are lots of players and coaches who will shrink under that expectation. But Gerrits should really be. We should be talking about him as a Belgian league winning coach. He should have won the league with Union Saint Gilles, and they chucked it away in the final few minutes of last season. He also got them to the the quarterfinals of the the Europa League. Let's not forget. But this is a totally different situation with a pressure that's very, very difficult to prepare for. Look, they're not going up this season. The reality is, much like Leon in a division above, they have to stay up. You know, they can't be going down to the, the third tier, Schalke. And at the moment, they're in, they're in the relegation playoff place, so they need to get it together. Um, Andy, do you think off the field, I think, do you think there's been any more club, uh, do you think there's a club that has been more unlucky than Schalke in terms of, you know, obviously every club, had to deal with what happened during COVID and, uh, and and fans not coming to stadiums and the lack of income there. But then, of course, Schalke also had the issue with the war in Ukraine and Gazprom yeah, and the money yeah. that they pumped into the club then leaving. That's That's been a big part of it, surely. Yeah, that has been a big part of it, David. You're, you're absolutely right. But um, the reason they got to where they got to before that is, is, is just a load of bad management and, and, and bad financial yeah. decisions. So... 
you know, I, th- I think you look at them, you look at Hertha. Um, there are some very big clubs in Germany. I think we can look at Germany and the, the way that German football's run as a bit of a panacea at times. Whereas, you know, like every other football culture, there are still clubs that are, are, are really badly run. And, um, you know, fingers crossed they get themselves back in a good place because I have to say the Dortmund-Schalke derby is something that the top flight really misses. Well, thank you for listening to Ask OTC. And you can find David on Twitter at David Jacker, J-A-C-A. Next week, Andy and I will be joined by Jonathan Johnson. And if you'd like to ask a question, you can contact us at any time at Radio Dotson, at Andy Brassel, and at OTC Pod, or you can email us OTC at footballramble.com. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.